0: You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts Scott Dunstan and Brian Young.
1: Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast, powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with Scott Dunstan, who is the president of the Dunstan Group, and we are here with a good friend, a leader in our community, the one and only Doctor Jag Gill. Who is the CEO of Ear, Eye, Nose and Throat Associates or CEENTA or Centa? Do you say Centa? We say Centa. Centa. You guys you guys know about it. Um, and if you don't, I'll tell you a little bit about it. So in uh, 1923 this was founded as Charlotte I Ear and Throat Hospital. Uh, This has grown to become one of the largest multi-specialty practices and it's kind of you know really in the East Coast. That's really where they're kind of the largest. But the good news, if you're a patient, you ain't going to have to travel that hard to get really top quality care. I was lucky enough to have this resource for my young son who went through multiple bouts with croup and the amazing people over atrium did a great job, but we could never figure out what was wrong. And um, I got an opportunity to speak with, with Dr. Jag Gill and We brought our son in, and they immediately diagnosed him, changed a lot of the medicine that he was taking, and it was an immediate help, and I don't really know what we would have done without him. Uh, It's really incredible, and if you haven't experienced it, it's something that maybe you will have to in the future, but they're there for you to help, but there's a lot of stuff we don't know about him, and I learned a lot, so we'll learn a little bit more here, but for 30 years... This uh, organization's clinical research department, the Southeast Clinical Research Associates, have conducted clinical research trials on eye and ear, nose, throat disorders to find solutions that patients never thought were possible. And most people, maybe they don't know about it because they haven't experienced it, but you guys do so much more than just what's in your name. And I want to dive into that, but thank you so much, Dr. Jag Gill, for joining us on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. You're welcome.
0: Wow, man. We're really excited to have you here, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, Brian gave a great introduction as always, but tell us from your perspective a little more about Sinta and the services it provides uh, patients.
2: Sure, so Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose and Throat Associates is a mouthful and that's why we refer to ourselves (laughs) as CENTA. We provide any and all services as far as ophthalmology and otolaryngology is concerned. And what I mean by that is any eye diseases ear, nose, and throat diseases. Anything basically above your neck and below your brain, we can pretty much take care of. We have 18 locations in and around Charlotte. So you don't have to travel too far to get care. And we can provide any kind of care here in Charlotte that you would find
1: at an academic medical center. Amazing. Before we dive into the specifics of what you can do, I want to take a little bit you know, step back in time uh, to your career to learn a little bit about, you know, what made you want to get into to medicine in general? Uh, you are a, a graduate of uh, University of Missouri Columbia School of Medicine. Uh, you were also a graduate of Tulane University School of Medicine. And then you kind of got your career started. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey uh, and how healthcare and medicine have played a huge role in your life.
2: So um, healthcare is something that I've been interested in most of my life. Um, And I do want to correct something. I'm not a medical doctor. I am a doctor of science uh, from Tulane in health systems management. So I received my master's in health administration from the University of Missouri in Columbia, go Mizzou, and did my administrative residency at Geisinger in Danville, Pennsylvania. And if you're not familiar with Geisinger, it is like the Mayo Clinic of the East. And that's where I really fell in love with helping physicians make sure that they can provide the right medicine at the right place and at the right time. And I really got excited during that residency year and decided that this is something that I really wanted to make a career out of. My claim to fame, one of the claims to fame is that I helped build the first rural children's hospital in the U.S. since the 1920s, and it's called the Janet Wise Children's Hospital at Geisinger. Um, and as you said, you know, kids, in my opinion, should never really be sick. But when they do get sick, we have to go out of our way to make sure that we take care of them. So that's how I fell in love with health care was more in pediatrics. And then since uh, leaving uh, Pennsylvania, I've been fortunate enough to lead medical groups in Oklahoma and Arizona and in California. And now I'm in North Carolina.
0: Pretty extensive resume.
1: It is. So tell us, how did you get connected uh, to come here and and lead uh, Cinta? You've been the the CEO since uh, January of about 2013. Is that correct?
2: Yep. I've been here a little over 10 plus years. Uh, So I was working in California at the time, and I was the president and CEO for Dignity Health's Medical Foundation. That particular position required a lot of travel that I just didn't want to do after doing that for about two and a half years. So I was looking for different opportunities and my parents live in Durham, North Carolina. So that was one of the reasons that this particular position was attractive to me. The other thing that was attractive was I had always worked for integrated delivery systems and this gave me the opportunity to work on the private practice side, which has been very, very exciting for me.
1: So tell us a little bit, when you came here um, into the Charlotte area, uh, you guys most recently were were voted one of the best places to work. All right? And that's something that you have to be very proud of yourself as the leader of that organization. But what not only attracted you to Cinta and really what have you been able to um to do over the last 10 years to continue to have them you know be able to grow but ultimately continue to be that resource that this city can be proud of and one that we get people coming all over the country right here into charlotte to see you guys Uh, what are your thoughts on on kind of the the direction and what you've been able to achieve so far
2: it really starts with our physicians we have world-class physicians most of our physicians are AOAs, which is Alpha Omega Alpha, which is the top 5% of their medical school. So it, it really starts with the clinical care that's provided at Senta. And that is what attracted me to, to this place during the interview process, was that all of our physicians were extremely proud of what they did, and they all used the term we instead of me. And that was extremely important to me, to lead an organization where all physicians felt that we were we, rather than me. As far as the awards that we've won, that's the culture that Senta, in my opinion, already had. I was lucky enough to inherit that and then continue to grow on it. So how do you grow that culture? How do you do you do that? It really comes down to communication, you need to communicate to your employees what your vision is, what you're trying to do, and where you want to go. You want to show your employees that you're committed to them and you show that commitment through making sure that we pay them appropriately, we have the appropriate benefits for them, and that we have a great working place for them. If you've ever been to any of our clinics, you'll notice that they're all first-class facilities. We provide very good education for our employees. I think those types of things is what helps us win some of those awards. We also recognize our employees. The mantra that we want to use is catch someone doing something right and recognize it. And when we do those types of things, our employees notice that. The awards, most of the awards that we've won have been through surveys of our own employees. And that's what makes me and my team even more proud of the fact that we're leading such a great organization here in Charlotte, North Carolina.
1: How many employees do you all have?
2: We're up to around 700 employees now. Wow.
1: how How do you manage 700 employees? Very uh, carefully. (laughs) Uh, So luckily,
2: I am surrounded by 10 members of the uh, C-suite, so as to speak. And then we have different layers of management. That's how we are able to lead our employees. I do what I call social rounds at each of our clinics, And I think that goes a long ways when our employees realize that their CEO is taking time out of his schedule to come visit them. And and I stop and I talk to each of our employees as best as I can. Um, So that, that helps out quite a bit.
0: As a CEO of a 700 plus person organization, what do most of your days look like?
2: My days, one of the things I really like about my job is that it is not the same every day. Uh, So every day when I wake up, I do not really know what my day is (laughs) is going to (laughs) be.
1: Let's see. Which is (laughs) really exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. Which is really exciting for some people. Some people (laughs) would have so much anxiety, they'd be like, I can't even get out of bed.
2: Yeah, I I enjoy that. So yeah, most of my days are consisted of meetings. Uh, Most of our meetings with physicians are either early in the morning or in the evenings, because we need them to see patients between 7.30 and 5.30. Mm -hmm. Uh, I meet with my direct reports once in a while. And then after that, there's all kinds of different things that I get involved in. I get involved in strategy. I get involved in acquisitions. I get involved in negotiations. And I'm also the liaison to various hospitals that we work with. So depending on what day it is, what week it is, what month it is, I'm going to be doing
0: one of those things. And you guys are opening a new location in Mooresville or already open? We just opened one about two weeks ago. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I'm sure you were involved in that to a degree.
2: We, I was, and my team really was, and that's the second one that we've opened this year. We opened one in Pineville, and uh, that opened uh, actually last year in May. And now we open this one uh, this, this March.
1: So as Charlotte's continued to grow, we were actually at a luncheon event last week and it was, uh, it was similar. It was actually the ABC um, uh, board that was talking about expanding and, and they showed a, a map of Charlotte, right? Where they would put those locations. When you guys decide to open up new locations, How long of a runway is that? Is it a five-year project? And then as you continue to see Charlotte grow, do you guys already have future location sites already planned out? And how does that work to strategically get locations in that area? I live in Pineville. I had no idea there was one in Pineville. You know, so it's like... Hey, now I got new locations right in my backyard. That's awesome. So how do you guys do that? And as a CEO, that's probably an important thing to be able to make sure that you can maintain not only the quality of work, but continuing to bring in the right physicians to maintain really the the growth of this region.
2: Absolutely. It really starts with the population. Uh, As you all know, Charlotte and Mecklenburg County, it's growing very, very rapidly. So we look at population trends to determine if we need to open a new clinic and where it's going to be. Sometimes we just need to expand a clinic. But most of the time we end up opening new clinics. So how do we decide that? We do population studies and we wanna put clinics to where people don't have to travel more than 20 minutes, either from their home or their office to be able to come to our clinic. Our runway is about three years. About three years prior to its opening is when we uh, start getting involved in that. Our physicians are extremely involved in our recruitment plan. They're the ones that help decide how many more physicians we should be bringing in, what their specialties should be. And yes, we do have plans on opening other clinics at other places that we can't disclose at this time.
1: Ooh, you don't want to disclose it right here on the Brand Builders podcast? (laughs) You don't want to drop it right here? I'm just kidding. I'm not no. gonna put it on this one. You don't have to tell me. I wanna no, I wanna ask a lot of that. we've we've had the pleasure of getting to know you through the Hood Arger Breakfast Club and and you're just a phenomenal person. Um, I've learned so much from you, but what I've really learned is that you're you're a CEO of a big organization, but you treat everybody like they're a CEO as well. You're just a very friendly person that opens up their arms to anyone. And I think there's so many people that I'm able to learn from you. So I just appreciate that personality. I think a lot of people look at a CEO and maybe it might be somebody that they can't even feel comfortable having a conversation. I've never felt that with you. And you've always been interested in like what we do. And for somebody that's in the branding world, that's just the sales guy to have the respect of a CEO to go out of his way when we're at an event to come and say hello means the world to me. And I think it means a lot to a lot of people, uh, including your employees. I can imagine when the CEO shows up, either you're like really scared or like really excited. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what it is, Um, but that's just a statement. But I want to jump in. And one of the things I've learned through Alina and you and your amazing team that you've created is there's a lot of things that you guys do that people aren't aware of. And one of them that really popped out was hearing aids, sleep medicine voice and sw- swallow studies, facial plastics, radiology, right? Like there is eye, ear, nose, and throat, but there's a lot of people that you'll say that might have hearing problems and they show up to show all eye, nose, throat, and they, they got some crappy earpiece they got off Amazon that some other doctor was like, yeah, you can save some money. And it's not what they need. It's not going to help them. Tell us about some of the areas that people maybe might not look at you guys as the, as the expert and they need to.
2: I think it's the ancillaries that you're talking about. So we sell glasses. We sell specialty glasses. We also have two optometrists that help with specialty contact lenses. Um, there are different folks that need not just regular contact lenses, but specialty contact lenses. So we, we do that as well. And then, yes, there's the hearing aids. There's voice and swallowing. We do cochlear implants. Um, So those are the type of things that we do outside of the core eye and
0: ENT work that we do. Are there any new developments in any of those areas that are cutting edge that you're really excited about being able to offer to patients?
2: Cochlear implants is something that's really, really big. It's it's really neat to see a child that is two years old and has never heard his mother or father's voice. And you give them a cochlear implant, and their eyes just slide up because as soon as they hear their mom or their dad. So that is really, really cutting edge. On the eye side, retina is something that we are really big into. There's retinal detachments and things like that, and people need to be careful with that because if you don't take care of that, you can actually go blind. So a lot of the retina patients end up getting injections and, you know, getting injected in the eye is not the most pleasant thing to do, but in order to preserve your sight, you need to do that. And they're having to come in every two weeks or so to get those injections. Oh, man. There's now a new drug out there called the Bismo, which we are trying out and I think it's going to work out where they may be able to wait up to four months in between their injections. So those are two of the things that I would want to highlight as to the cutting edge things that we're doing right now.
1: I've seen some amazing videos on social media that you were just explaining about getting that type of surgery or having that implant and having a small child here is, it just, it blows my mind. Like it'll bring tears to your eyes. Like yeah. it's so crazy. Um, one thing I want to uh, jump into, you guys obviously do a lot for our community, Um you guys are celebrating 100 years. And when I mentioned that you guys won Best Places to Work, that was not just in Charlotte. That was in the USA, right? The entire USA, which is unbelievable. Um, you're thinking of how many companies are out there and you guys are one of the best places to work in the United States. You should be so proud of that. But what do you guys do from a community standpoint and how important is that to, to your organization as you grow? It's extremely important. We have a charity arm and it's called Santa Cares. Through Center
2: Cares, we sponsor a particular charity each and every year. One year, we sponsor a charity that is more on the otolaryngology side. The other year, we'll sponsor one that's more on the eye side. This year, we're sponsoring the Lion's Eye Services. This is an organization that teaches folks that have visual impairment on how to actually manufacture things and be able to go out and work and have a productive life. So that's the charity that we are sponsoring this particular year. Outside of that, we also sponsor a lot of our sports teams. We sponsor the Panthers, we sponsor the Hornets, we sponsor the Checkers, we will um, sponsor other various uh, activities um, like the the ballet uh, and things like that. So those are the type of things we're doing to make sure that we're involved in the community. Our employees also get involved in walks and things like that uh, in our community as well.
1: What about Charlotte FC?
2: We are not a sponsor of Charlotte FC at this time. Some other organization has exclusive rights to that.
1: Well, then we need to change (laughs) it because their eyesight needs to get better. We need to get some dubs up in here. Uh, I think so, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Another cool fun fact, and correct me if I'm wrong, but 50 or so years ago, one of you all's doctors actually invented the ear tubes. That is correct. How has that... From that time frame until now, how has that developed, and what was that process like? I know you weren't with the organization at that time, but maybe you know the story of how that came to light. I don't know, but
2: I think the physician that invented that just wanted to make sure, you know, that these babies were taken care of, and you know, the moment that we invented those tubes. We were able to cure a lot of things, and moms were really, really happy that their babies were now
1: having these ear tubes put in. What is the percentage of kids that have to have ear tubes? Because it's a pretty—I mean, I—I I, it's common. My my sons do not, but my brother, his, both of his kids had had mm-hmm. tubes put in. Right.
2: Uh, I don't have the exact number, but it's
1: it's it's up there. Yeah, it happened. Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: So I didn't mean true. to cut you off. I was yeah. just
1: curious. It's up there. Yeah. So tell us, now you guys are celebrating 100 years, which is incredible. You've been with them for 10 years. What is the future not only for you? How long are, how long are we going to get you? Are, are, are you looking at retirement? Don't tell us that. We don't really want to hear that. But what's the future for you? And then wh- where do you see the, the organization going as well?
2: I plan on working for a little while longer. I won't give you an exact date, but uh, I, I don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon. As far as is concerned, I believe we're going to continue to grow. How far, how big we're going to grow is something that will be determined down the road. One of the things that you all are probably aware of as well, healthcare is becoming more and more complicated than it has been in the past. So we don't know what reimbursement is going to look like down the road. And that is going to determine a lot as to where we end up at how we grow and where we grow Um, we just don't know what healthcare is going to look like five years from now so it's really hard to predict where we're going to be i can tell you we're going to be in charlotte and surrounding areas we're going to continue to provide the services that we are but how we provide them and where we provide them may change down the road
1: that's wild five years it's you know,
0: complicated. I mean, if you can't make a plan more right? than five years down the road because of all these external factors, uh, that must be one of the things that keeps you up at night. Well,
2: it, it does, <laughs> and, and, and a lot of other health care folks as well. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, Washington changes every four or eight years, yeah. and all of a sudden things change as to what, how health care is going to be taken care of. And that's what we have to, have to worry about.
1: It still blows my mind. Like, can we not all just get on the same path and realize like we can, we can all have it all if we're on the same team? I don't know. Just that's complicated, complex, way way above. I my mean, pay grade. yeah, it's every industry, right? It all it fluctuates through whoever's in office is crazy. Well, yeah, but it's true. So, um, all that's incredible. I love the the direction that you guys are going. As far as you know, people that are, are interested in not only maybe, you know, working with you guys from a sponsorship standpoint, but really just understanding more about, you know, the organization. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? If there's somebody that, you know, hey, maybe they they need specialty glasses. They never thought that this was a resource. How can they find out more information and, uh, and set up an appointment? The best way to do that is to go to our website.
2: It's www.centa.com. Www.centa, And if you would maneuver that website, it has all the information that you need as to all of our services. And you can actually request or make an appointment for yourself. If you're an established patient, you can make an appointment. If you're a brand new patient, you can request an appointment and we'll get back to you very quickly with your appointment.
1: One thing I wanted to mention and and on my personal story, um, you know, my son, when he was very, very young, a couple months old, got rushed to the hospital in an ambulance and it was a really scary situation. He got hospitalized for a couple of days. And as we really couldn't figure out what was going on, what Atrium did is they referred us to you. Now, we had had some conversations, so I kind of knew that was a possibility, but I didn't really know how you guys, as two separate entities, really kind of run the same path as far as coming up with a solution. How does your, par- or your partnership, I guess, with Atrium, or how does that work? Where let's say you go into Atrium and And something has happened and now they can can push you into a specialist where you can get more care that's specific to, you know, a doctor that's knowledgeable in eyes or ears or nose or or, or your throat. How does that work? And how has that just continued to be an amazing extension of Atrium? So
2: we are not just an uh, extension of Atrium. We actually um, have a relationship with Novat as well. Okay, awesome. Awesome. So if your son had been at Novat, you would have been referred to us as well. Excellent. I want to think that you're being referred to us because we're the best, and I believe we are. Uh, and that, So that's how it works. So I meet with the leader, myself and our physician leaders, we meet with the leadership teams for both Atrium and Novant because we want to make sure that we're taking care of the patients of Mecklenburg County.
1: I love it. What do you? What are your uh, your thoughts on the new medical university that's going to be right down the street from us? Get some more talent right here in the backyard. I think it's a great idea.
2: We are the largest city in the country that does not have its own medical school.
1: Oh. That's, That's about to change. It is right. about to change. It's, and, and it's, it's changing right around us. Right. That's it. Um, the the buildings are going up right around where we are. We are doing this podcast right, right. now. Yep.
2: And it needs to change. And I'm so glad it's, it's changing. It's still going to take a while. The first class really doesn't start until 24, maybe 25. But down the road, it'll be great to have medical students here, to have residency programs here, to have fellowship programs here, so that we can expand our services even more.
1: I had a question on, so we, we've heard a lot. there's nurses, we need nurses, we need doctors, we need technicians, we need everything. Uh, and they've said that's just going to continue to be more of an issue as, as we go the next three to five years. What would be your advice for parents that have kids that maybe are teenagers? Uh, as far as a route or a path to get into your profession, whether that's being a doctor or being more on the management side? And do you guys kind of work with like high schools or colleges to try to educate people on the opportunity? Because you don't have to go to, you don't have to be a doctor to work at CENTA, right? There's great opportunity to not only grow, but create a great life for your family. And that might be a two-year school. It might be a four-year school. Who knows what it is, but how do you guys approach that? And what would be the direction to get your kids interested in it Because there's going to be a need, right? And if your 16-year-old is interested, they're going to have an opportunity as people like yourself continue to retire as we keep growing as a a country.
2: Right. So we haven't gone into colleges because I think by then most students have made up their mind. But we do work with local high schools. And our HR department will go out there and set up a table and just talk about what does it mean to be a medical assistant? What does it mean to be an ophthalmic technician? What does it mean to be a front desk person? So that's how we're trying to educate the younger folks. Then we also have our own training programs. We have our own ophthalmic technician training program to where we'll take folks from our front desk or from the community and we will actually put them through a six-month program to where we train them to become ophthalmic techs. And after that, they come to work for us. So that's how we're trying to grow our workforce, because there is an issue about getting people into work these days. Most people want to work from home. You can't do our kind of work as far as medical assisting or an ophthalmic technician from home. you got to be with the patient, at least until new technologies come out.
1: And what uh, if somebody was interested in that career path, is there a a specific way that they can get in contact with you, or is that on your website as well? It's
2: on our website, www.centa.com. It's got an ophthalmic training program on there. Also, I, um, I wouldn't be where I'm at if I had not done my administrative residency at Geisinger. So I have given back since then by having an administrative residency program everywhere I've been at. And I started that here at CENTA as well. So if someone is getting their master's in health administration, they can look, go to our website, and we have a residency program where we put you through. It's primarily a two-year program. The first year, you rotate through each and every department that we have. And you're a contributory member of the team. This is not a residency where you just sit and listen. You actually get to do some projects as well. And then after the first year, if you're doing well, we think you're doing well, we will continue your training and make you a fellow. Once you're a fellow, the difference is now you're working with our chief operating officer and you have projects that you work on rather than those rotations. So that's our way of training future healthcare leaders. Now, I know they're not all going to stay at senta but as long as we train them the right way, they can go help other healthcare organizations provide the type of services that we're providing.
0: That's amazing.
1: It is amazing, man. You're an amazing leader. And, and you guys, if you go on to your mission and values, they're, they're, they're basically, the main mission is excellence through commitment. Um, you obviously have been committed to not only healthcare, but giving back. And I think the best entrepreneurs and the best leaders that we've had on this podcast understand the importance of who it, it took in the, in the influence they had on their life to get to where they are. And the best thing you can do is give that back to the younger generations. So I think more people need to do that. Absolutely, I agree.
0: What do you think? Um, you mentioned technology. Uh, what gets you excited about the organizations, what you're doing with technology, and, and how do you see this AI thing being incorporated within your organization? And how do you think that will impact? Uh, your level of service and everything you're offering to patients.
2: I think it's just going to make it better and better. So one of the investments we made about uh, six years ago, 2017, was to get an electronic health record called EPIC. Um, EPIC is a world-class electronic health record. And what that allowed our physicians to do was to have all the information they need at one place. With Epic, we can see records from pretty much anywhere else where you may have been seen so that we don't have to duplicate tests for one, and we also have a bit of a history of what's been going on with you. Also, within Epic, they have already introduced some AI technologies. Right now, they're more on the administrative side of things. You know, is somebody... um, more apt to show up for an appointment or not based on previous behaviors. But now they're starting to move into clinical applications. And the fact that EPIC now has billions of records out there, they're able to now tell that if, if you're dealing with a particular disease process, you can go on to mm-hmm. EPIC's, what they call Orshad, I believe, and be able to find out what everybody else is doing. So that's What's exciting for us is that hopefully it will take us less and less time to take care of patients instead of having to wait to do that. AI is going to be in every one of our lives. I think it already is. Mm -hmm. But in healthcare, it's going to become even more prevalent as we go
1: along. I saw an article that said how AI will change healthcare. And I think a lot of it was based on the true consumer or I guess the patient um, how is that going to work? You know, with AI, and I mean, they already know everything about you now. In like ten years, they'll probably know exactly how many hairs you have on your body. <laughs> what if you're somebody that's like me, for instance? It's like I, I don't want everybody knowing everything about me, but they already do. Probably. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I think you need to trust your physician.
1: That they need to know everything about you. I,
2: I, you know, if they don't, they really can't treat you well. Great e- yeah. Even if it's your eyes, but you know, if you're diabetic, they need to know that if you've got rheumatology issues, they need to know that.
1: Well, and having all that information in one place is, is phenomenal. I can't say how many times you go to a different doctor and they're just like, well, do you have those records? Can you send me those records? And you're like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know where they are. I mean, we just had a, my My son broke his arm and atrium goes into our, our pediatrician. They can't give him a splint there. You have to go to ortho Carolina. So we go to ortho Carolina that night i'm waiting there walk up and say "Hey, my son broke his arm like yeah we'll do x-rays i'm like we already did x-rays here's his x-ray he has two broken bones and they're shocked like well why are you here i'm like that's they told us to come here so we sit there for four hours and then he gets splinted there the doctor's like i don't know why they wouldn't just do it i'm over here I'm like you guys are literally across the street from each other can we just like meet in the median and you guys like have a conversation and figure this out (laughs) it made no sense to me um is that common i mean to me that would be like if it's atrium and ortho it's like what do you mean you don't have that x-ray that he just took five hours ago right there? That's why we're here. <laughs> I don't just real-life experiences from two weeks ago. No big deal. Fresh on <laughs> your mind. <laughs> they should have that x-ray. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they that, probably do. They probably do. They probably do. No, no,
0: no. Like they ortho, are for-profit organizations, right. though, so that's we right. do have to keep that in mind. That's right.
1: They wanted us to pay them both. That's what it was. No, know? I'm just kidding. Ortho and Atrium, you're great. I'm not. I'm not hating.
0: Yeah.
2: And you know, patients need to come first. So yeah,
1: I love it. Well, Jag, you're amazing, man. I, um, I, like I said, you know, thank you Jen Snyder Gibson for um, for creating the events at Hood Harger breakfast club that have enabled us to have so many great conversations and get to, to meet with each other um, over a couple beverages. And, and it's just been a joy to get to know you. And, and I, as a guy that's in this community that has two young kids that, that really got to go through it um, live with my young son it's an amazing resource that we have right in our backyard, and you're an amazing leader that does it. And so, I'm glad you told me you weren't retiring anytime soon. <laughs> Stay thank with us. Thank you for
0: that. I love yes, it. sir.
1: Cool, man. Well, Jag, you are awesome. Uh, everybody over there at uh, at Cinta, you guys are amazing as well. Like we always say, please like, share, comment. Go check them out. Um, If you have anything wrong with the neck up, just uh, listen to your body, reach out, go on the website, do a little bit of research on it. Uh, But this is an organization that can help you in a lot of different ways. And and like I've mentioned multiple times, we're just lucky to have this in our backyard. So utilize that resource as much as you can. If something's going on, definitely go get it checked out. agree. Thank you. He agrees. I love it. Jag, you're the man. Until next time, you have been listening to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast.